All right, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Schools Off the Cuff. Trisha and I here today doing a little bit of an article review. Uh, there's always articles that are coming out around leadership, around education, and Trisha sent me one the other day in our Slack channel, said, hey, I think we need to have a great conversation around this one for school leaders and how this applies to schools. So Trisha, it's always great to be able to share the mic with you uh, all the way from Canada. So I hope you're doing well today as we dig into this off the cuff episode, all about feedback as leaders. Yeah. And Jeff, you know, I want to point out when we're talking about leaders uh, and we'll get into this in our conversation, I think it's we're also talking about educators as leaders. So the article that we're going to be discussing looks at how all of us in the world of education can do a better job of asking specifically asking for critical feedback and realizing that it's not easy for students to bring it to us, or if mm. you are a principal, it's not easy for teachers to bring it to you, that we have to really position ourselves as wanting that feedback. So the article, and of course, this will be linked over there in the show notes, comes to us courtesy of the Harvard Business Review. And I want to point out, um, I really like that with their articles, you'll notice you can also listen to it. They have an audio embed. Um, I, I love that feature. So the article is entitled, How Leaders Can Get the Feedback They Need to Grow. And this is co-authored by three different authors. Kim Scott, who folks might know, is the author author of the book Radical Candor, which is one of those books that's like super polarizing. I know a lot of folks who have read it, they either love it or hate it. Um, <laughs> and from Liz Foslin and Molly West Duffy, who folks might know from social media, if you follow at Liz and Molly, they do some really great visuals um, I've used with students for years and years. Um, so some really interesting visuals on all things like wellness, leadership, collaboration. So we've put together kind of a summary of their article. Of course, we'd recommend you either read the whole thing or listen to the whole thing. Um, but Jeff, I'm interested in getting your take on, again, they, they walk us through the six-step process. The first step in their process that they outline in terms of how leaders can get that critical feedback is that we have to embrace negative emotions often, that we have to, in our leadership roles, get used to what it actually feels like to hear mm. feedback that might be critical, feedback that might not be positive, right? It's easy for me to say like, hey, Jeff, what did you think of this? And you know, you tell me like, oh, you like it. And that's it, right? And we move forward. It's a much different thing if you're, you know, kind of nudging me to think like something about this has to be done differently. Um, so I don't know if, you, if you've got any thoughts on that very first step. I like that it's the first one. I think it might also be the hardest. Yeah. And I think you know, like everything, I think it takes practice. And I think it's realizing that uh, at the end of the day, we can all improve on things. And as great as that lesson you just got done, you were just like, I nailed that lesson. This is amazing. That was the perfect lesson. Well, we all know there's no such thing as a perfect lesson or a perfect presentation in my case. And how do you leave yourself open for that critical feedback uh, to know that you can improve? And I think it's one of those things where, and I love this, where you have to embrace the feeling of negativity. You have to be able to sit in it, which is also really interesting because one of the, the six steps to being creative is being in this place of not knowing and being okay that the spark hasn't hit you yet. 
You know, I, and I, I, you can get used to being in that space. And when you can identify that space, then it's okay to be there. You know, it's all right to be there. And, and I'm just thinking, you know, I did a presentation last Friday to a bunch of school leaders and it was a repeat session from morning to afternoon. I was repeating the same thing with a different group of leaders. And in between the, the organization that brought me in, I was asking them, what, how did you like that? What would I do different? What do you think uh, needs to be changed for this afternoon's group? And I got some great feedback. You know, I, they gave me feedback around uh, people need to get up and move more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that is great feedback. Like we got up and moved a little bit, but it's a Friday afternoon. (laughs) You know, how do we make sure people are up moving around and not sitting, you know, hunched over in front of their computers. And so, but it's great. And it's, it's this understanding that you can always improve. And I do think it's really difficult. And one of the things I love about this article and what we're going to talk about here is it's really difficult when you start, when you're in a true leadership role. And when you say this idea of leadership as a school teacher with students, it's really hard for students sometimes to come to you and say, hey, here's what I liked or didn't like about this lesson today. Here's some critical feedback around what you said or how you said it, or I don't understand this even after you explained it so perfectly in your mind, I still don't get this concept. Um, I think it's really good for us to just kind of be able to step back and get that feedback back from students. And I kind of love that. And I think that's the second part of this is, you know, have a go-to question and not just, did you like it? Like Mm -hmm. you said, but like have a really in-depth question that allows kids and, you know, whatever leadership level you're at, but have a go-to question that actually has people giving you feedback. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, um, they kind of give you a few different examples in this article of what a go-to question could be. And I'll quote from the article because I really like this one. And I think this is good for folks at any level of leadership to be asking folks who work with you, quote, what could I do or stop doing that would make it easier to work with me? Now, Jeff, in your example of teacher to students, I might just swap out the word work in terms of mm. learn like what could i do or stop doing that would make it easier to learn with me like um that. you know and i i really like that it's essentially pushing that person who's giving you feedback to give you something right because sometimes mm. we ask for feedback and it's so open ended like hey could i do anything differently and if somebody doesn't feel comfortable giving you the feedback they'll probably just say no no it's fine everything's great right like because it's uncomfortable for that person too to bring issues to you. But if you frame it that way, what could I do or stop doing? Tell me one thing, right? Then it's, I really do want to hear one thing. And for the person on the other end there, all right, I've got to come up with, I'm going to name something. I'm not just going to generically say like, oh no, everything is fine. Everything's good. Yeah. And I, and again, I think that takes practice. And I think, especially in education, when we talk about students, I think there is this preconceived notion that, you know, kids really can't do that to their teachers or it's not acceptable or it's not considered, um, I I don't know, um, socially acceptable Mm -hmm. to be able to do that. And yet we want kids to know that your job is to give us feedback. Your job is to help me be better for you and for the rest of the class. And it's tough. It is tough. It's tough, tough to get into that. Um, I like the next one too. embrace others, personal, uh, uh, embrace the other person's discomfort. Uh, talk a little bit about that. What does that mean to you, Trisha? So again, if I'm asking somebody else for feedback, I, again, as we've been talking about, 
I might be feeling a little bit uncomfortable because I might be, again, pointed to some things that I have to do differently. But the other side of that is, Jeff, if you ask me for that feedback, I might also feel uncomfortable being the provider of the feedback because you know, I also don't necessarily want to like rock the boat. Mm-hmm. I don't want to upset you or, or hurt your feelings either. And so when you're soliciting that feedback, essentially the authors talk about really embrace quiet. Like just give that person time to think, don't rush them, let them know as best you can that you really do want to hear from them. And Jeff, you and I have both worked as instructional coaches and we know that power of just wait time. Yeah. Don't rush in. Sit there quietly, you know, give them the pause, wait for the other person to speak. And yes, it might be awkward for a little bit, but that's okay. It's all right. Yeah. Sometimes there's awkwardness in conversation. Um, but I, I think if, you know, I ask you for feedback and you're quiet for a f- few moments, and I'm like, oh, it's okay. You know, we could talk about it another time. Missed opportunity versus yeah. if I just count in my head. 10, 15, 20 seconds, whatever it takes, eventually that other person will (laughs) fill the silence, right? Yeah. Well, and I think also you can support that and we'll talk about this in a little bit, right? You can support some of that where I think it's different if you're just, you know, some, you know, off the cuff asking somebody for some feedback versus, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is putting some structures in place and giving somebody some sentence starters or some way to actually give me specific feedback. You know, it, it's all the time we say this, you know, giving specific feedback rather than just general feedback of like, oh, that was a good session. Okay. Well, what did you like about yep. this? What did you like about that lesson? What did you like about versus what did you not like? Right? Like, give me something specific and not just like, yeah, it was a good day. <laughs> you know, and I think that that's a, that's a part of it too. And we'll talk about that. Like some of these structures you can put in place. And of course we've got a free guide uh, that can help you with that too. And I would add to that, Jeff, you know, even giving people that lead time, if you're a school leader and you're meeting with a bunch of different teachers, let them know like a week, two weeks in advance, hey, I'm going to be asking you for some feedback. So be thinking about what you might bring to that meeting. Or again, if you're doing this as conferences with students, let them know these conferences are coming up. I'd love for you to be thinking about this. You know, I've worked at uh, a few schools that actually getting student feedback, it wasn't an option. This was a must do that all teachers did. And we had a survey. We were all given a uniform survey that we could tweak and make adjustments to. Um, there were, I think, a few questions that had to be there. There was one about, you know, to what extent do you feel like I care about your learning? I think that's a mm. great one. And then we could also add in some questions. And I found it really useful to actually put in, like, Jeff, this might not surprise you, some real, like, left field questions. So one that I would use is, hey, if our course, if this subject... Uh, if it were a color, what color would it be? And then tell me why. And that was really interesting. Like students would be like, the you know, this subject would be yellow and then they would explain it. And sometimes those really like abstract thinking questions would give me some really interesting information and data to look at. Uh, Jeff, you want to tell us about the fourth step in this six step process? Yeah. So the, the fourth one would be listen to understand, not to respond, uh, which is, I think, depending on your personality and me being on the top of that is really hard to do, right? Just listening for understanding, trying not to respond 
immediately to what they are saying, but, and and that goes back to number one, right? Embracing the feeling of negativity, uh, or that negative emotion that somebody is like crushing you because you spent so much time on this lesson or, you know, but it's, it's okay to be in that. But I think that idea of, can you actually listen to understand what the feedback is without jumping to yeah, buts or jumping into responding with something where you're trying to then protect yourself, uh, which is, it's, it's such a skill. It's such a skill and it's such a hard skill, uh, to work on, but such an essential skill, you know, for everyone just to like, can I actually get myself into a headspace where I'm listening to understand and not listening to jump in, in that response mode right away or fix it right away? Oh yeah. And, and this is where I feel like if you are defensive, you're never going to get that critical feedback ever again, mm. right? Because what you're saying with that defensive stance is like, I didn't really want to know your answer in the first place, right? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I've been really fortunate to have worked with a few school leaders that they don't do that. And I really think it's such a key characteristic for school leaders who really can embrace change and really do foster trust is that's it's not simple, simple to say, hard to do. Do not get defensive. Yeah. Really listen, even when people are bringing you something hard. Um, and related to that, of course, is the fifth step, which they call close the loop, make your listening tangible. And this is where you get all of that critical feedback and you report back. Anybody who's at a school that hey, their school leaders do those 360 reviews, you maybe have seen then school leaders get back to you and say, okay, here's the feedback. And sometimes they do it really transparently. Like, here is the data. Here's exactly what people said. You know, make it, they've made it uh, anonymous. Um, and here's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And I love in this article, they, they say, look, even if you're given a piece of feedback that you can't take action on, tell people why. Like let them know, hey, there's there might not be anything I can do about that this year. Here's why, but don't ignore the feedback. Um, and again, when I I was doing these feedback forms with students as a teacher, I did the same thing, and students really appreciated it that I would outline like here's five things I'm going to try to do based exactly on what you told me you wanted. Hold me accountable if you feel like I'm not doing these things. You know, like and we put it on the calendar to review. Has there been any change? Mm. Hasn't there? Um, because I really think if you're asking for feedback and then you receive it and then that's you it. You don't do anything with it. <laughs> yeah. I, again, the next time you're going to ask for that feedback, people aren't really going to want to invest their time and energy mm. in giving it to you. Such a great point. Such a great point. Yeah. And I think that, that idea of closing the loop, well, you know, we see that a lot in a lot of different places and it's such a critical piece. Um, you know, the sixth, the sixth one that they outlined in the article is make giving feedback, not venting a team habit. And I like that. Like a lot of times when we get into situations, we find ourselves in a situation where there's a lot of venting going on. I think it's because people are either eager to give feedback and there is no structure or they don't feel like they're, you know, a leader is open to it. And so we end up pushing people into this idea of just being able to vent whatever. And that gets really ugly really fast, as I'm sure many listeners have been in that situation before, where if you put some structures in place, if you are open to feedback and you are able to close that loop so people know that you're listening, like here are the changes I'm going to make. Here are some things I'm going to try. Uh, it, It just, you can really knock down a lot of that venting mindset and get people into, yeah, 
they're trying the best they can to make it better, to improve on whatever that happens to be, whether it's a teacher with students or a school leader with staff, you know, that idea of um, how do you make it a habit, a habit and a culture of your classroom, of your school, of your, of your district. Yeah. And I think, again, if you're a member of a school leadership team asking teachers, you know, how, how many of, how many members of the school leadership team do you see actively asking and actioning feedback? That's a great metric. How many teachers do you see actively asking for student feedback um, and really getting a sense of, is this really rare that somebody in the, that position of power is asking for it? Or, you know, again, is it a conversation that's happening throughout the year um, from a variety of different places? And, you know, the authors are really honest in the reality that like venting will still happen, but mm. it's it's that we want more of the feedback giving conversations, right? right? Because you don't, as you were saying, Jeff, like it can get ugly. And if you're a leader, what you don't want is there's been an issue and somebody doesn't come to you directly, right? right. So um, they, they kind of point out in the article, sometimes no news is actually bad news. Like if nobody <laughs> is ever coming to you and talking about what could be done differently, it might mean they feel like they can't trust you. They feel like they can't yeah. bring you that feedback. Um, and in part, you know, we wanted to discuss this because one of our most popular free guides is the free guide that we have on feedback. So the link to that will be over there in the show notes. And, you know, newsletter subscribers have told us this has been really useful. So we wanted to just sort of like put it on your radar again. I think this time of the year is a good one to be reflecting on what feedback practices have worked in my classroom, in my school, which ones might I tweak just so that you have that time over the summer. Um, you know, feedback is so crucial in terms of driving learning that I think every single year we really need to be thinking about what might I change? What do I definitely want to keep? And the resources that are in that free guide, you know, we're not saying do this to the T. But look at some of these structures and think about how you might tweak them. And one of the resources that we have is actually about setting the conditions before the feedback conversation um, even happens. So, Jeff, I don't know if you want to walk listeners through, um, again, how can we set conditions in place to uh, make yeah. sure those conversations work? Well, and I think, you know, any listener here at Shifting Schools understands that structure is so important to, to everything we do. And the more structure you can have in place in your classroom, in your organization, you support people. And the same happens with feedback. If you, the difference between saying, can you give me some feedback? And then also the difference between that and actually setting a structure that says, I want specific feedback on something. Right. And in this free guide, I love that we have almost sentence starter stems that you could use. You know, you could use these as a teacher. You could use these, uh, uh, give these to students who maybe want feedback from their teacher, from a leader. You could use these as a school principal on feedback on your staff meetings. But a couple of them are, and, and I love just a couple of these that are inside the guide. I love this first one focus on X. This was where I can most use your help. And I think about that in the sense of when I ever had an administrator coming in to observe a lesson in that pre-meeting, it was always really good for me to sit down and say, Hey, Trisha, I'm really struggling kind of with this. I'm going to do this lesson. And this is the first time I'm doing this lesson where I'm focused on X. So when you're in looking, you know, watching, observing my lesson, 
can you help me with that? Like, can you really focus in on this and see, did, am I, am I improving? What could I do different? Cause that's the one piece, you know, it's, it's a lot better when we can take these things and break them down to one step at a time. Uh, another one of the sentence starts is tell me about your process. Something I'm curious about is right. Like what is the process behind it and where do you, how do you structure, structure that process? Uh, and then the last one is please know I am proud about X. This is because I love using that one with students. When students are turning in a paper or we're having conversations with students, to be able to give students a, a moment in time to pause and and know, say, I'm really proud about this piece, right? Because, great, then I can either give you feedback around that piece or I know going in, depending on what the situation is, to say, Trisha, that part was amazing. That was a great part. Now let's work on the next piece. I can give you feedback on something that isn't what you're most proud of, <laughs> right? Because you're probably going to be more willing to accept feedback on something that you're not telling me like, I'm really excited about that piece. The last thing you want is to have, you know, I'm really excited about this and somebody come in and say, well, let me give you a bunch of critical feedback on that. It wasn't as good as you thought it was, right? Versus if I know that that's really important to you, I can focus my efforts somewhere else and still support you, guide you and help you but just maybe leave that, that part that you're really proud of alone for the moment. Um, and I think it just gives you options, right? It gives you options as the person giving and, and receiving feedback on, okay, where do I want you to, where is the structure so I can be as specific as possible to support you? Yeah. And that, you know, that specific piece is so important because we might be working on a draft where we are already aware of certain parts or aspects of the work, like not being the strongest. And maybe I already know in the back of my mind, like, yes, of course, I know I need to work more on that. And then if that person just hones in on that, it's kind of a waste of time. And yeah. I think schools are incredibly busy spaces. And I think, Jeff, when we waste each other's time, there's a it kind of corrodes trust, right? Uh, and um, I've been thinking a lot about one of my favorite books for leadership is written by Adrienne Marie Brown. It's called Emergent Strategy. Emergent Strategy has all of these different principles. And one of them is that we move in organizations at the speed of trust. If we have high trust and we need to change, we can go quickly. If we don't have a lot of high trust in our relationships, we're going to navigate that really slowly. So I think our feedback processes are either engines for trust or they're like hammers and drills to just put cracks in in our trust dynamics. Um, and you know that reminds me of our episode that came out this Monday with Dr. Gina Piha talking a lot about um, you know how important conversations are in driving learning. Something that she said in that episode was that as educators, we always want to think about the goal that we have behind questions we're asking. Mm -hmm. And so that really stuck with me because I think if you're setting up for these feedback questions, what's the goal? And I always think like feedback exchanges, it's a great opportunity to foster trust, right? So so again, I would just say, think about how you're kind of the architect for a trust, a trust building situation. Um, yeah. And I think trust comes in all sorts of places, right? And one of the things that Trisha and I were talking about as we were kind of going through this article and we were preparing today for this this episode 
was this idea of trust within our podcast community. This idea that you all trust us every week or every month, whatever, however often you listen to this, you trust us with your time to give you good content. And so we wanted to take some of these ideas and actually apply them uh, and show you this idea around closing the loop and being open to critical feedback. And so what we would like to do as we wrap up this episode is invite you to be part of our podcast critical friend group. And Trisha, do you want to talk more about what that would mean? So being a podcast critical friend means that you're going to donate some of your time to listen to three to five of our episodes. We're going to have highly specific questions around those episodes. Um, And again, you would be willing to let us share some of your findings. We'll make you anonymous, but we want to be really transparent, as Jeff said, modeling this process. And we also are well aware that your time is worth something. So if you sign up to be a critical friend of the podcast and go through this review process, uh, we do want to show our thanks for that. So we are offering a $250 credit, anything you like from the Shifting Schools store. Um, You've got that $250 US dollar voucher. That's our way of saying thank you. So we're looking to put together a small cohort. If you're interested in doing that, I would anticipate you're looking at giving about three hours of your time. It's all asynchronous, so you can decide when you're doing it, um, that you have about three hours that you could give to us by the end of April. There's a Google form over there in the show notes. If you'd like to sign up and indicate interest, you can give us your email address. We'll give you more of the specifics but we do want to continue to improve the show. Um, you know, Jeff, you're right. Folks are donating their time, listening, coming back, hopefully week after week to check out our episodes. Right. Um, and we don't want the show to always stay the same. Like we also, uh, we want to be better and better meeting your needs. So we're hoping this opportunity um, lets us learn a little bit more about what your listener needs are. Awesome. Yes. So look over in the show notes for that, that we will have a link to the form. If you are listening uh, to this podcast in a podcast player that doesn't show the entire show notes, we will make sure that over on the website, uh, there's a link there on the podcast page uh, to make sure that you can fill out that form as well. We'll make sure that that's very visible over there. Um, But you should hopefully in the show notes, be able to click on that link, fill out that form and uh, join our critical friend group. We'd love to hear about you and how can we improve? We're always looking to improve the podcast and and just see where we're going to evolve to next. So uh, that's a, that's a big part of it. So Tricia, thank you so much for taking some time. You know, these are such critical conversations uh, to be having around leadership and, and how they apply to school and just to take a pause and thinking about the idea of feedback and how do we ask for it and how do we give it and how do we, how are we creating the structures for true feedback to happen in our classrooms and our schools and in our